Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We're glad to have everybody here. And it's February, and we're ready to celebrate the Love Month. And we're just thrilled to have everybody. Um, I see many of you already are wearing red tonight, and uh, to God be the glory. Let's open up the Bible to Psalm 33 as I open up with prayer and uh, turn to Psalm 33. We can read it quickly as our opening. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all the people you're bringing from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, I pray for you to bring the ones that need to be encouraged, that the ones that are brokenhearted, the ones that are discouraged, the ones that are feeling depression or oppression, Lord, we're asking that you would give them the joy of the Lord tonight. We're asking you would heal their broken heart. We ask that you would uh, show them that you love them so much that your love is sufficient. And Lord, we just thank you that your amazing grace is with us all the time and that you will strengthen us and guide us. Lord, we pray you would bring the people um, that are standing, that have become defeated and ready to quit. We pray that you will push them out of the house, turn off the TV, and come and be encouraged that they will never give up on their uh, marriage restoration. Lord, we ask that you would be with the prodigals, all of the ones around the world, and you would touch their heart and heart and soften it to a heart of flesh. We pray that you would rebuild their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We pray you would breathe into that dead bones, that dead marriage, and the um, hopelessness that it is, and as in Ezekiel 37. And we pray you would breathe in your breath of freshness, of holiness. And we pray you will breathe those um, bones, will come alive and bring back the marriages that appear to be dead. And we are asking you to do it quickly and suddenly. We know that this is a new year of new beginnings and new plans and purposes for us to pray more diligently. And we just ask that you would help us to take all the, the uh, mistakes that we have made in giving up. And we ask that you would just encourage us and we would stand firm. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Psalm 33. I'm just going to read straight through it. And if you uh, would follow me, there's several scriptures here that I want to just encourage you at the beginning before we open up uh, with singing. And we're going to sing two songs. And one of them is Your Love Never Fails, which means love never fails. And that's a good one. And then the next song is Do It Again. And I agree with that one, too, because we need to keep restoring marriages one at a time and keep doing it again. 
Psalm 33 now, verse 1, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. And I'm, I'm praying that when you sing, you're going to have the joy of the Lord. You are going to be praising the Lord. And it's fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10 steered lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. My burden is for all of you to have the joy of the Lord because the Lord does not want us walking around defeated and discouraged. For the word of the Lord is right and true, and he is faithful in all he does. May we remember tonight that he is faithful. There's nothing greater. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. Where are you? The earth is full of his unfailing love. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. His love never fails. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. And may I say, let all the prodigals fear the Lord, that they would humble themselves and cry out and come quickly uh, back to the Lord and uh, repent. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came, to, it came to be. He commanded it and it stood firm. And verse 10 is one of the key verses. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. So regardless of what your spouse's plans are, they're canceled. They are thwarted. And it says, but the plans of the Lord's, verse 11, stand firm forever. The purpose of, of his heart through all generations. And this is a scripture you can highlight, you can mark it, and you can say, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. And the purpose of his heart through all generations. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, from the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. And he who forms the heart of all, who considers everything they do. God sees all, he knows all, and he wants you to understand that he foils the plans of the hearts of all. He looks and sees our hearts, if we're right or if we're wrong, and he can touch those hearts. And we are praying that he's going to thwart, he's going to foil, he's going to stop the husbands and the wives who are on a detour road, headed the wrong direction. And we're asking him to pull them back, pull them on that road and get them on the right pathway. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the, but, but, but God. But the eyes of the Lord are on all those who fear him. On those who hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Verse 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help. He's our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love, Lord, oh yes, may your unfailing love 
Even as we put our trust in his holy name, may your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And that is where we're at tonight. Psalm 33 is a very good psalm to pray many scriptures and put in and write a prayer or do other things as you want. But Psalm 33 is a powerful scripture praying for you that you're going to walk in hope and believe in God's unfailing love. But the Lord is going to stop and block things that your husband or wife is doing. And that's what we want to do. We want to cancel everything that the devil is planning. We are asking the Lord to cancel and stop him in the name of Jesus. And we're asking the Lord to bring to pass God's plans, God's purposes for us for marriage restoration. Remember, but we'll talk about the challenge, but remember that stand on the promises he has given you. And may you get excited about that.
walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness
How do you like that song? He has never failed you. You got to remind yourself of that some days, don't you? Well, welcome to Rejoice Pompano. I'm Lori, and we're glad that you're here. Um, We're missing some people. Hopefully they're just out or stuck in traffic and not home with the flu because we have been praying for all of the illness that has been going around and praying for those that are getting it. So we're glad that you're able to be with us tonight. Um, I have a couple announcements. In front of you is the yellow prayer sheet. And so if you have a prayer request that we can update or you have something um, that you need to communicate to the staff, you can use that and then you can drop it at the bookstore in the back and we can... um, take that for you. Um, also, the bookstore is going to be open after Bible study, and so at Rejoice Pompano, everything is only $5, so it's cheaper than it is online for our local people, so if you want to take a look at the books or CDs, um, you can do that. Um, you also have an offering envelope in front of you, so if you are um, feeling inclined to give, we appreciate that. I think about 85% of this ministry is run on donations alone, and so we appreciate the gifts that you give, and you can leave that in the back as well. Um, So we're in February already. I feel like we are flying through 2018. Um, So do we have any birthdays in February? If your birthday's in February, will you wave at me? One, two, okay, we have three. So happy birthday um, and anniversaries. How many people got married in February? That's usually a big month. Okay, we have a few. Okay, so happy birthday to those of you that have birthdays. Happy anniversary to our anniversary people. And our gift to you is a product from the bookstore. So at the end of the night, you can come back and see us, and um, we will give you a book or CD that you choose. Um, online on Charlene Cares, we sent out a link to a 2018 reader survey. Did anybody get that and fill it out yet? Thank you, both of you. Excuse three of you. Excuse me. The rest of you? <laughs> All right. It's out there. If you want us to serve you, you have to tell us how we can serve you. So if you get a chance, um, fill that out. We'll put the link in the email that you're going to get tomorrow. So open it and read it. Now, here's another question. Let's see if we do better. Who read today's Charlene Cares? 
Y'all ought to be raising it high because it was a good one, wasn't it? It was very good. Go read it if you did not read today's Charlene Cares. It's a guest devotional and it was wonderful. So make a note and before you go to bed tonight, read that devotional because it was awesome. Um, so I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk for a second. Probably not a book that you spend a ton of time in, but there's some really awesome truths in here. Um, the book of Habakkuk is written when Habakkuk is feeling frustrated. Can you identify with that feeling? Over um, the evil happening around him and frustrated because it seems like righteousness is not going to prevail. Does that sound familiar at all? Like, why does this keep happening? And why is this not happening, God? And um, in uh, Habakkuk 1, 2, you can read and you can probably identify with, with Habakkuk's longing. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Have you ever said that to God? God, do you hear me? Are you listening? Or I cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Like I can almost hear the pleading that he's doing with God and saying, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? We know in our hearts that righteousness is going to prevail. We know who won, right? It's not even a battle. But sometimes in our minds, we can let the enemy have a little field day with us and we say, okay, God, like maybe this isn't going to go the way I think. Maybe the enemy is going to win this. And we know that's not true. Um, we know that God is going to prevail, even though it seems like righteousness is not going to prevail. Um, in, ver in chapter um, three, flip over, it's probably one page. It's such a short book. You should read this one too. Chapter three, verse 17. Actually, wait, let me go to chapter two, verse five excuse me, one five, God's answer. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Can you think of some time recently that you've been utterly amazed at what God has done around you? Miranda just told us her mother-in-law got saved yesterday. She's utterly amazed <laughs> that her mother-in-law got saved. Where has God amazed you? For I'm going to do something in your days that even you would not believe. Even if you were told, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and perpetuous people. Okay, flip over now. This is good. Verse three, chapter three, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Does it feel like that? Like the crops are dry and dead. There is nothing on the vines. There is no fruit on the tree. But I will rejoice in God, my Savior. Because we know who's going to prevail in the end. Right? We just sang a song. Great is your faithfulness. Your word prevails. I've seen you move the mountains and I think you can do it again? No, it said, I believe you'll do it again. We sing, blessed be your name, right? Brokenness is what I long for. You know that line in that song, brokenness, brokenness. That's what I long for. And then God breaks us and we say, all right, God, forget it. I, don't, I didn't really mean that. Your grace is enough. We sing that. Your grace is enough, Lord. But then 
something happens and all of a sudden we doubt, is his grace enough? And it is enough. What about I'm trading my sorrows for the joy of the Lord? Mm, some days I'm trading my sorrows, right? Read that and be reminded that day after day, regardless of what the circumstances around you look like, you can trust in God. You can trust in his goodness. And today may not go the way you wanted, but God is in control. He has not taken his eyes off of you. He has not taken his eyes off of your situation. And he is preparing something far better than you can imagine for yourself. So trust in that today. Well, that leads us into... Um, a moment where we're going to take a few minutes if there's anybody that wants to share a testimony we have a few minutes where we can um, hear some testimonies last month my mom challenged you to um, really search the scriptures and to write down when God gives you a scripture that that is a promise for you and that is, he's speaking to you through that word um, it might be where you have those opportunities where you come across a scripture in your in your quiet time and then at church the pastor preaches on that scripture that's not a coincidence. That's God saying, okay, listen. And so if anybody, is there anybody that wants to come up? We'll take a couple people real quick. If anyone wants to come up, any takers for a testimony? Going once, going twice. All right, come up if you want to come up. If anybody else wants to come, come up behind her now and we'll just do it. And then we're going to go into um, a time of prayer. Hi, I'm Pebbles, everyone. Um, so immediately following the, the event, I received Be Strong and Courageous, right, from Joshua. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that Sunday, we had a visiting pastor, and he had this whole sermon plan, and he's, you know, just excited. It's our first year with a new pastor, and he's just like, I had a scripture ready for you guys. And Thursday, something started knocking my heart, and, I, and the Lord's like, nope. You can't do this. Called your pastor. I said, listen, God's pressing on my heart. And that's what it was again. Three times. And then our devotion on that Sunday was none other than be strong and courageous do not be frightened. And so what I decided to tell our church after I heard it, I, I decided Joshua would be my book for the year. And so I've been telling them as I go through it. So I'm right now I'm on the consecration part. And I keep telling our church, guys, before we can taste, before we can walk into this promised land, we have to truly separate ourselves for it. And so I think that's also encouraging for us, right? The promised land is already coming. It's there. He's already declared it, right? So now it's our time for us to consecrate ourselves. Remove the idols. Clean everything. Remove the doubt. Remove the disbelief. Trust in him and just stand. Stand strong, but not in how you're expecting him to, to be strong in yourself, but how he wants us to be strong in his might. So be encouraged, guys. I was looking through some of my dad's old, old, old things that were like not even, they're not even online. Like it's just, I think he did it on a typewriter if, if that, I don't know how he did it. But today I was looking through some of those and one of the quotes said, God doesn't take you through deep waters to drown you, but to cleanse you. Was that because so often we think, Lord, I'm going through this because you're trying to overtake me. But no, how much cleansing needs to happen? I would probably say none of you can say that God hasn't changed you since you've been going through this journey. And if he hasn't changed you, it's coming. <laughs>
you might be a little hard, but no, it's coming. It is coming. Well, we're going to take a few minutes and just spend some time in prayer. We, um, for those of you that are new, like to just break up into groups of two or three and just pray together. And you don't even need to... Um, give your name and your situation or any of that you can just pray for yourself when we're in these circles and and just lift up your prayer request and the benefit of this is that those that are in the circle with you can can be praying for you over the next weeks and months and um before we until we come back again together so let's just take a few minutes and find one or two people around you and um, let's just have a time of prayer right now because that is where it all rest. That's it. If we didn't have each other, if we didn't have anything else, we have God's word and our communion with him. And so let's spend some time in prayer right now.
Praise the Lord. Jesus loves me. Now, have a seat, and I'm going to ask you, do you really believe that? Because we want you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, as you read your devotionals, daily devotionals, and I'm talking to everybody uh, around the world, that we want you to read these devotionals daily. If we don't need, we don't need to write them if you're not going to read them every day, because every day is different subjects and different topics, and I am telling you, they're getting better all the time by the guests that are writing, the men that are writing. If you didn't read last week's Monday devotional, you need to get to that one. That was another wild one, awesome one, uh, from a man, and we replayed it and did it and did it for everybody. Um, so we just want you to know that our heart is for you to grow in the Lord, not to bleed, and for the Lord to heal your wounded, broken heart. And that is why Bob and I, 27 years ago, started writing daily devotionals because the pain was so great, the need was so great, they said we need to be fed because we could not hear it around us what we needed to hear. We heard, get on with your life, divorce them, they're not worth waiting for, and all what the word doesn't say. So we said, okay, we're going to feed them, and then we want you then to share with others and bring others uh, to that website and to all of the resources to have them know how to pray. Some people say, I don't even know how to pray. They're brand new Christians. And we have prayers under there, under personalized prayers and so many other prayers. Lori showed many of you last um, month, and you can go back and look at it again of our new website if you don't know where to find things. But just go across that page and then check every one of those and make sure you're using all the free resources available as well as, most of all, podcasts. Because if you've got your little phone and you want to exercise or do whatever, those podcasts are free and you can't beat the price. So we are giving away a lot because we want to teach you and have you grow in the Lord most of all, that you are going to be strong standers, you're going to stand firm, and you are going to be a lighthouse in every city you are at, in every country, wherever you're at. And it has happened. It has happened. And we just give God the glory and honor. Well, I hope everybody saw my little gift we all given you. Now, some of you don't get a gift from your husband or wife. So we decide, as always, we're going to send you and give you a little gift. So I wish I could pass this around to all these different countries that are listening, but I can't. So um, just go get a small one and say this is from Charlene and staff, but this is from us to you to say, you did get something for Valentine's. And it is this. So anyway, I just want to make sure you know how much we love and care for you. Um, and then we're going to open up with the word and we're going to open up with prayer. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. And Jesus, we know that you love us. We would never know. We would, and so many of us would never be where we are right now 
if you did not come and rescue us from the mistakes that we have made. And Lord, we are still making some mistakes. We still may disobey you unintentionally, but we still need, as the woman said so beautifully, cleanse us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, create in us all a pure heart. Create in all the prodigals and children and young adults a pure heart. Oh, Lord, we want to be ready and prepared. We want our spouses to be touched by the Lord. And Lord, we want them to pray the prayer of Psalm 51, that they will repent and ask for your mercy, your grace. And we ask that they say where they even ask to be transformed. Lord, they even say that they will even tell others about you. So, Lord, we are asking that you will go and touch all the prodigals around the world, block and stop and whatever their plans are that are evil. Block it, stop it. We ask that you would thwart them, you would rout the enemy and cancel all the assignments that the enemy has strategies and plans and purposes of doing things. We ask that you will block them and stop him in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're asking you to open your these prodigals um, spiritual eyes and ears, and we are asking that they will hear in newness, that they're all of a sudden their ears are going to hear things like they've never heard before. We are praying that they will see the truth and see the lies that they have believed. And we are asking you to bind against the lying, seducing, deceiving spirits that have blinded them so much that they walk and live in a lying situation. And Lord, we ask that you would fill them up with your truth and reveal your truth over and over again, and the truth will set them free. The truth is in the word. We ask that they would dream about the Bible. We ask that you would give them a scripture and a dream. We ask that you would have them see uh, uh, on a billboard or on a car, a scripture, or anything that's related to marriage. I pray they will pass all these restoration trucks that says the restoration that we see. And Lord, we're asking you to speak loudly and boldly to them. And the, if they don't uh, get, you don't get their attention, we ask that you would just go louder and louder, as you said, Bob. Bob said he, God got his attention many ways, and he was um, an embarrassment to him, and that he feared death if he did not obey the Lord and come home. Lord, we are praying that they would fear God and humble themselves before you. The salvation is the first step of obedience. And we are asking you to be with all these marriages that have their spouses have come home through the holidays and they're just now starting the process of marriage restoration. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We know that you are going to rebuild their marriages on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We know you have a plan, you have a purpose for them. And now, Lord, I pray that they will go to church. I pray the husband and the wife go to church. I pray they take their children and their teenagers that say they don't want to go to church. I pray they go to church 
because they're living at home and they just go there even though they don't want to be there. God will open their ears to hear what they need to hear. Lord, we are asking you to resurrect and restore these hurting, broken, bleeding marriages and family members. And we ask most of all that you will heal all our hearts. This candy represents a heart. And we're asking you to touch all the men and women whose hearts are broken and in dismay of what has happened through the holidays. But we're asking you to supersede it and thwart and rout the enemy. And what has happened is only going to be a temporary situation. And God is going to supersede and come forth. And there's going to be a battle. And Jesus won. He conquered the enemy. And we are asking you to conquer the enemy. And may we walk in victory. We need to praise the Lord and know that victory is in Jesus Christ. And we've just got to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep praying, interceding, fasting and praying for our spouses till they see the truth and hear the truth. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. amen. Okay, amen. Love waits forever. That's how I started out. And now I'm going to say love never fails. Love never fails. God's greatest act of love is John 3.16. So if you'll turn there first. John 3.16. And I'm going to read verse 17 also. For God so loved the world. <coughs> Excuse me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That is a prayer we've been praying. God sent his only son. We just celebrated Christmas a couple of months ago, and now we're seeing this, that God created Jesus, God, Jesus has been up there with him all along. But God says, I need you to come down to the earth because they're not getting it. So I am going to send you down and you walk the streets up and down and you share my truths. And, but you know what was so amazing about Jesus? He left and went away every night and prayed to his heavenly father. How amazing. Of all people, Jesus, the Son of God, had to go and get away and pray and talk to his Heavenly Father. And I think, oh, I need to do so much more. And so, and there's going to be a podcast that I just did recently, and it's going to be a reminder. And I'm, I'm warning you now, it's coming. So, it's, and here's my, my example Every time you wash your hands, say a prayer. I'm going to get as, as practical and as creative as I can to say, when you wash your hands, shoot up a prayer. Now, I wash my hands a lot because I don't want these flus, bugs, bugs, or any other things. And if I go somewhere, there's probably a million people that have been coughing and sneezing and everything else. So you know what? Wash your hands. 
And when you wash your hands, say a short prayer. Who should you pray for? What is your most urgent need? What are you worried about that day? Pray about that. But I am saying, wash your hands. Everybody washes their hands. So will you start another idea to pray more, but a short prayer that you will then say, you know what? I've prayed for five or six different topics in within that day. And that's if you wash your hands five or six times. But so the limit, is, there isn't any limit. But I want you to understand, we need to get serious about standing. This year, we are praying for huge breakthroughs for all of you. But we have to do it by fasting and praying. And we can't do it if we just sit and, and, and be paralyzed by the news, paralyzed by the circumstances, and paralyzed by our hopelessness and us not reading the word faithfully. Us not reading the daily devotions to get us hope and encouragement, which gives you scriptures to be able to read and you can put your spouse's name in those that are related to marriage. And I'm just saying, let's turn up the heat on our, um, we need to get on fire. We need to get on fire for Jesus. We need to radiate Jesus. We need to have the joy of the Lord. We need not just to sit and just say, woe is me. May we, can I tell you, there are so many people that have worse problems than you do. And some of them are physical. And when you have a physical ailment like cancer, we need to be praising the Lord that our problems aren't what they are. There's, I, I can tell you, I've learned in my lifetime that I'd rather take my own problems than anybody else's. Have you learned that when you go to church, you come home and, and you talk to people and you're thinking and you're telling them, okay, I'm going to pray for you. But, you know, I, I had two friends at our church have lost their husbands within the last two months. And they're grieving. And you know what? They cannot pray them to come home. But you can. See, they know that they're in heaven, and now they must wait to see them. And I'm telling you, we need to praise the Lord for what we do have and what God has given us. Do we not? Praise the Lord and get excited because he's protected us from how much? He has protected us from how much? And that is where I wanted to start, is that God loves us every day. We wake up. We wake up. There's a praise right there, you know? And let us start thanking the Lord. We have lights. And we have electricity. Go over to uh, Puerto, Rico. Puerto Rico. They don't have 100% lights yet. They, they just, the whole high school just praised the Lord. They got lights last week. And I'm thinking, and I'm complaining about a tree limb hanging in my tree three months later. Forget it. I got to get my priorities right. So we need to say, let us be thankful in all things. So let me go back into John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. 
And there's a word that we need to understand. We must believe in God. We must believe in Jesus Christ. We must believe that he is able to do anything. We must believe God sent his son, but he also left the Holy Spirit here, the counselor, the greatest counselor, the greatest counselor. So counselor, if you want to be counseled, pray and let the counselor be your greatest counselor and give you what you need to know. So we need to know all this, that we must believe in him. If we don't believe that God can do anything, then he isn't going to do it for you. We must believe. We must not be a yo-yo like an EKG up and down with our emotions. And now I know, I know, I know the enemy is shooting fiery darts at you, but I also know that you can cry, you can pray, and then you can get up and stand firm and say, Satan, you're not stealing my husband, you're not stealing this or that, and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to pray more, and I'm going to pray for that other woman, and I'm going to pray for that other man, I'm going to pray for their whole family to get saved, and leave my spouse alone. Now, in the name of Jesus, we need to get serious about how much are you praying for that whole other family. They need it. And we need to pray for them more, not more, but we need to pray equal amount for them to leave and, and go where they need to go uh, to another family or back home to their own family. How many are praying for them? We could have two or three restored families. We've got kids, like I, there were six children in my, in my family, that three of mine and three of the other ones. And I prayed, God have mercy on my kids that they have to keep going over there and watching all what's going on. And Lori got very upset and said, she wants me to call her mom. Well, I'm not calling her mom because I only have one mom. And I said, that's, oh, that's okay. And she wanted to have a daughter. She said, now you're my daughter. You're my stepdaughter. Because no, I'm not, you know, and there are all these different situations that they're going through. We need to pray our children don't have to go over there. We have to, we can't block it. We can't stop it. But God can. Amen. But God can. And we got to pray that our husbands and, and wives will say we're not going to combine all the events together. Pray that, that, that your husband or wife gets their time with their children. Ask them to come over. Would you like to come over for dinner? Would you like to have a night with uh, playing, event, uh, go to a movie together? Would you like to come over and play games with us? Invite them to come over. You'd be sh shocked. They may come and, and start that family restoration of coming into that house and feeling like they're not accepted or that you're blaming them. We, I am telling you, God is moving this year. I cannot tell you how many people I have heard that God is moving. And this thing, um, I'm, I, poor John 3.16, <laughs> I haven't finished it, but I will. But I want to give you my challenge, because what this dear girl did, and what that Joshua won, which is, I love Joshua anyway, is what... God did for her is was just confirm, confirm, and keep confirming and showed her what we need. She needed to do.
I am telling you, our challenge, and I want to say it again now at the very beginning, is that you go, and I talked to a woman the other day, said, I need to go and get um, all of my, my notebooks. I said, you should start from the beginning. Start from the beginning when you started. That's many years ago. I said, go. See what God spoke to you at the very beginning of your stand. And now, declare every day one scripture and say, Lord, here you spoke to me on such and such day, and I declare that this scripture is going to come to pass. It's going to come to truth. What you promised me, what you gave me, it is going to happen, and I'm going to pray this. I'm so sorry I forgot about this promise, and thank you for this. You're reminding me of them, but I have been doing this, and I'm reading them. I read three days last night when I was working on the teaching and re reviewing it last night, and I I spent 30 minutes, I timed myself, of reading all, reading all the notes about that day and all the different scriptures God would give me because I would cross-reference the scripture. Now, I've talked about cross-reference, but you take a scripture like John 3.16 and it will take you to somewhere else. Verse 1 will take you to someplace. Well, John 3.16 and 17 will take you to maybe 3.16, to three or four different scriptures. And it just magnifies that scripture more and more and more. And you give another scripture. So you've got another one that you got to start by. And then you go to verse 17 and you magnify and go and cross-reference John 3, 16, 17 and magnify what 17 is saying. Well, then after you add those scriptures, you can be crazy like me and you can get a note, add my notebook and then you can take a notebook and now you've got the new scriptures. Well, maybe I'll check those scriptures and see what God's new scriptures on that scripture are. Am I confusing you? I hope not. But you have got an outline. First, you got John 3.16 here, and underneath it, you've got the cross-reference of those. Now you have another scripture that's big that you got, and you're now checking and adding more on those. So you can end up going to 10 or 20 scriptures, depending on how many scriptures you want to look up that day. Now that is a Bible study. That's a time with the Lord. It's not just reading the word, but it's reading it on a subject on, on this, John 3, 16 and 17, which are special scriptures. If you've never cross-referenced your promises that God has given you, I'm going to give you a new challenge. I'm going to say this month, take that one scripture you've got for today, cross-reference it, and then cross-reference that next scripture that you have. And let's do a Bible study that you are going to see promises like you've never seen before. Just like Lori did with Habakkuk. Habakkuk is an awesome short three chapters, but it's nuggets of gold. And when you start, start um, magnifying the verses, 
it is going to explode and give you more promises and explain and teach you more. And that is what we want. May, you may get a scripture that is more powerful than the one God gave you five years ago, and you're going to have a new ref, you're going to have a new scripture tomorrow when you do this that God gives you by cross-referencing. Do you all understand it? You do. You got it. Okay. I just want to make sure because cross-referencing your scriptures, on, on especially the nugget of gold scriptures, the rhema words, you will be blessed abundantly, mightily. That is how I grew in the Lord. That's how my faith increased and how I decided I can believe this because I kept reading deeper and deeper into it. And it's just not one scripture. You're getting multiple scriptures. So it's exciting. It's fun. And when you start doing it, you're going to get, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be praising the Lord. And then you're going to want to call up one of your friend's standards and say, guess what scripture I got today as I cross-referenced it. And then you can get excited. That is what we want you to do. When you read that word, we want you to have the joy of the Lord, and we want you to get hope. And some of you have been hit in the stomach. You got a big shotgun uh, wound, uh, and you're in the, you went to the ER when the holidays came. But God is greater, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you, I am right here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And think of these three songs. He will do it again. He will speak to you again. He will rout the enemy. He will. And remember that second one with all the mountains that were barren? We said, Lord, remove the mountain last month was, our, was my teaching. And when I and Lori, we went through the music, I said, that's it. That's the one right there. Because there, look at all those mountains. And we want them to melt like wax. We want the Lord to say, be gone. Mountain of circumstances. Mountain of marriage problems. Mountain of no communication. Mountain of children problems. Not mountains of non-covenant marriages. Be gone. In the name of Jesus, we are asking and having our wives and our husbands to come to their senses and realize they've made the biggest mistake in their life. And they need right now to pray for their salvation and that they pick up the phone and say, I need to talk to you. I, I've got, I made a big mistake and I need you to know about it. And I need help to figure out how to get out of it. That's what we want to pray for. We want them to call us, their best friend, and say, here I am. I've been talking to you. I've been saying things to you, but I, I didn't never have told you. But I, and, and there's two or three of you I know that have had that happen. And we've got to say, Lord, I'm ready to, to accept and forgive my husband or wife. I've forgiven them for whatever they've done. But now we want to be their best friend that they will talk and pick up the phone and tell us, you know, I, I know I made a mistake. And we, we had one man uh, say just recently, um, I don't think, I think the one I talked to, I didn't tell about it last month. But this woman went for a holiday and went for a special event, and they were miles away from each other, thousands of miles away from each other. 
And they got together, and then he got to see her alone. He worked it out that he got alone with her. And he goes, I, I'm retiring. And you know what? I'm, I'm coming to see you next year. Because the person I've been married to is, I don't know why I even married them. Because you're better than they are. And I, she was writing and praising the Lord. Because God is already moving the mountain and melting it. And she had no idea that he was not happy. She thought he was gloriously happy. Now, you got to quit believing the lies of the enemy. Because there, that, there are some of you, I see your faces, and I can tell you, God has spoken to you, and, and God has done miracles in the past two or three weeks that you're thinking, God is moving, and that is why I know that I'm going to be fighting and praying more than ever before, because I thought, because they moved and married somebody else, that it's over. It's not over. When God spoke to you, he didn't make a mistake and say, whoops, I, I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have spoke marriage restoration. You've got to understand that your circumstances, God is in control. God is in control. So we've got to go. Now we've got to get to John 3.16 again. And, uh, for, and verse 17. Um, let me do 16. I, I really don't know if I read the whole thing, so let me go back. John 3, this is a good scripture to memorize, by the way. We can do it tonight, starting. Because I've read it enough. But, for God so loved the world, he loves all of us. He gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is our goal for everyone that we know of, we touch, we see, or we have correspondence with, is pray for their salvation. Woe is us if we do not pray for the ones that we are all around and, they, and God has put us there to just pray for their salvation. And so we, for God did not send us into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Of course, that is Jesus. Let's turn to um, Psalm 86, please. 86. And what we're going to talk about is God's love never fails, and he wants us to believe in miracles. He wants us to believe that he wants us to wait for his perfect will and way. Psalm 86, I hope you found it. If not, I'll read it to you, and that's all you have to do is listen to it. Hear, O Lord, and answer me. And this is so similar to what we've been reading tonight. What Lori has spoken, it is parallel, just going right in, compared to what we're talking about, is that is your heart's cry. And then I want you to understand, hear, O Lord, and answer me. That is your cry. Lord, I need to hear you, and the Lord wants you to hear him. He wants to know if you know his word. And if you are having difficulties financially, or you're needy, or poor, you're brokenhearted, it says, answer me, for I am poor and I'm needy. 
So if there's anybody around the world that is having financial problems, this is a scripture for you tonight. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. Well, are you devoted to him? He's asking, are you devoted? Guard my life. Protect our family from what's going on. And that's what we need to pray. Personalize these scriptures. These scriptures are so nuggets of gold. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. And we talked about trust last a month. And, and here it is. This scripture is so perfect for you to pray every day, every other day, whatever. But we, when you are feeling down, discouraged, and defeated, this is saying, verse 3, have mercy on me, O Lord. And that's what Psalm 51 was saying. King David was saying, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I called you all day long. Well, I've got you washing your hands now six or seven times a day. So you're calling out to him, are you not? All day long? You get how we're connecting all of these pieces of the puzzle? I'll come to that in a minute. Bring joy to your servant. And that's what I want you to have. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love. Abounding in love to all who call to you. Well, first we got to call to him. We must say, hear my prayer, O God. Listen to my cry for mercy. And we do need mercy. We need mercy and grace every day. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer sometimes. Like Lori said, for you will answer me. It's a promise. There's a promise there. Put a star by it. So you remember in the day of your trouble, you are going to call to the Lord, and for he will answer me. Among the gods, there's none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with you. All those idols, all of those false gods, we need to understand they are not equivalent anywhere, any shape or form. That's why the Israelites got in so much trouble free over and over again is they kept taking false gods and hiding them and putting them in their their uh, bags or in their um, tents and try to say that they weren't worshiping another god and god is a jealous god so we need to understand that verse 9 all the nations you have made will come and worship before you O lord they will bring glory to your name for you are great and do not marvel and and do marvelous deeds you alone our God. Now, verse 11, how teach, teach me who is the best teacher in the world? Your Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the best teacher. So here you are praying, teach me your way, Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth and give me an undivided heart. That is a prayer that you may get to memorize on Sundays when I send them out because that your heart needs to be not double-minded. James talks about us. Are we double-minded? 
Are we single-minded? Are we standing firm on, and standing on the rock and believing Jesus Christ regardless of the circumstances? And so we need to say, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. I will obey. That's what that's saying. Give me an undivided heart. I will not be double-minded and then I may, and that I may fear your name. I mean, this is so powerful. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And there again, how much of your heart has the, you've given the Lord on standing for your marriage? Have you, you given him, him a fourth? Have you given half of your life to him? Or have you sold out so that I am standing forever? Yes, I sold out. Did I sell out at the beginning? No. I divorced my husband. Remember? I'm the one that made the mistake. I'm the one when he knocked on the door at Thanksgiving and said, please let me come. And I said, oh, no. You're going to suffer for all those times that you sinned against me. You're, no, you're not allowed. Well, here was God trying to restore our marriage at Thanksgiving. And I, due to my pride, due to my arrogance, self-righteousness, me being thinking I was holy and I was everything, and guess what? I was wrong. I was wrong. What have you done wrong? We need to repent. She said, cleanse us. Cleanse us for what we've done wrong. And it says, I will praise you, O Lord, my, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. We need to sell out to the Lord and say, Lord, I am standing for life. I've read the word. I read it. I made a vow till death do us part. And I know my wedding vow. And I am not going to give up. I am going to stand firm. And I'm going to hold on. And I'm going to believe that you're going to move the mountains. You're going to melt them. You're going to crash them. Whatever you're going to do, you can do anything. You can do anything. So we, can, we want to get your heart, all of it, to standing that you're sold out, and not, and not just talk and believe um, standing here when everybody agrees about it real easily. But when you go to work tomorrow, you can speak that I am praying and believing for a miracle in my marriage. And you say it. You believe it. They may say you're crazy, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Because you know what? God is going to get the glory and honor when God brings your husband or wife home. God is going to say, you know, they've been saying that for me. You've got to, we've got to get God the glory. It's not about us. It's for God to get the glory. And it says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. And how many times has he delivered us? The arrogant are attacking me, O Lord. A band of ruthless men seek my life without regard for you. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God. How many ways do you see God? I want you to see God tonight as he's got his arms ready to reach out and hold you in his arms. And then tonight, when you can't sleep, say, Lord, I can't sleep. I just want to crawl up into Psalm 91. It's an awesome psalm to pray before you go to bed and crawl up and be in the shelter of his arms. And we want you to know that God is compassionate. He loves you with all his heart, and he's gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in love 
abounding in love. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. And we have got to believe that what we're going through is from the enemy or it's for us to go through a trial or a circumstance to be ready for our husband or wife coming home and that we are going to be ready and be stronger in the Lord by the circumstances we've gone through. It went through his hands. So we have got to grow through this and we're going to praise him and say, Lord, remember Job. Job didn't have it easy, but he was blessed abundantly in the end. And he never complained. He, he, he wondered, but he never cursed God like his wife suggested. So it says, verse 15, but you, O Lord, are compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. I pray you do know his faithfulness. I pray you have had a bill paid for. I pray you have had the gas tank on E, stayed on E, and you didn't know how you got home. And, and okay, you all know how to, you all know how, to, how you drive around and you think, okay, can you get me to work? Can you get me home? Because I'm on E and I don't know how long that light has been on. But you know what? God is a God of miracles. And I want you to start believing and start proclaiming it and start telling others, <clears throat> excuse me, telling others about how you did it. Because you didn't do it, but God did. And you want to tell people, you want to tell your husband or wife that when stories that you won't believe about this. If you can't tell them now, write it down in that journal so you can tell them later. Because someday your husband's going to pull out a box underneath your table and it's under your, excuse me, underneath my bed. And he goes, wow, what is this? And I go, oh my goodness, those are all my journals oh my goodness i i oh boy i don't he's really going to think i'm crazy I, I was crazy, you know, and uh, so anyway, I was, and he said, "Can I read them?" And I said, "Well, they're really, really honest where I was at, and I really I did not have Rejoice Ministries when I was writing them, and I didn't write all the bad stuff I should have not said. But anyway, um, the bottom line is, Bob read them, and, and we both cried. And he says, I did not even know how much pain you were going through. I never knew it. You never showed it. I knew you were losing a lot of weight, and I knew you were praying, but I didn't know what you were doing. And so, you know, it, it changes. You are going to be blessed abundantly, abundantly, when you, when you write all these down. And someday, five years maybe later, you're, he's going to be ready or she's going to be ready to read how you were so faithfully standing in the gap, not just for your husband, but for other people. So... You know, I pray you will write down some things. Some things you may have a code that you do, that, that you don't have to share with them. That that you know, what does that star mean? It's a special word for me. <laughs> yeah. 
But we all will have memories. We all can, can really tell a lot of stories, could we not? So turn to me, verse 16, have mercy on me and my whole family and my husband and wife. Grant us your strength, Lord, to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. We need strength. There's nobody that can increase our strength than God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is nobody that can, the Trinity, can increase our strength when you think you can't walk. And it says, give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. That's the point. The enemy is going to be put to shame. The, the Lord is going to stand up for our righteousness and for what we've been doing, and the devil is going to be defeated. We have to believe that, and we have to stand on the promises of God that my enemies may see it and be put to shame, for you, O Lord, have helped me, and you've comforted me. Oh, dear standard, if Psalm 86 is not answered, and, and you're not comforted, and you've not been helped, you start reading this every day. Every day, claiming and standing on every one of these promises. Because God wants to answer your prayers. And yes, some of us are going through a lot of trials and tribulations right now. But Psalm 86 is for you. And for every one of you. And we need to know that we can abound in God's love, feel his love, know his love, see his love. And we can praise the Lord that he is going to have heal your broken heart. The more you read the scripture, the more you ask him to teach you, the more that he is going to comfort you, the more your heart and your body, soul, and spirit and your mind is going to become more clear and not so foggy. And you're not going to have a battle for your mind. You're going to be solid. And you're going to say, devil, get away from my mind. And put on the helmet of salvation and say, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. Christ. We need to speak the truth and know. Now, I mentioned the word puzzle, and I should have brought in uh, a puzzle, but pretend this is a puzzle, and I'm going to just, I'm going to do something crazy, so don't But anyway, I, I, my in-laws, I love my mother and father-in-law so much because my mother and father died young, and so I, they became my mom and dad, and I was able to be the caregivers for them when they died. It was just all good, all good news. But they had a, a, a um, table out on the back porch, and on the back porch is where they would often make a puzzle. And they would have a puzzle, different puzzles, and, and Earl would even make pictures and have them in his um, different places he would put them. Um, I, one of the kids, I think, have one of their puzzles uh, in their uh, garage. But he would glue them and, and um, border them and everything. So I was thinking yesterday, no, God told me, that's the better word. Um, I was thinking and praying last night what to use for illustrations. I'm horrible on illustrations. I can teach the word, but give me illustrations. You know, God, you got to give them to me. So anyway, all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me of the puzzle. And you're, 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 you are living a life 
that your marriage is broken in a million pieces. And remember the box that says a thousand pieces to a puzzle. A thousand. My grandfather, my father-in-law would do 500 or a thousand. And you, you, you would often, uh, you would have to link the puzzle pieces together. But remember, when you first take the puzzle apart, you got to dump it all out. Okay, so I, I just dumped all the pieces out all over. And then you need to separate them. And you've got to put them back and separate them by color. Oh, wait a minute. There's one more step we have to do first. Oh, we got to dump them out again because we need to find all the pieces for what? The border. We've got to find the border. And we've got to make a border to protect us and then we'll even get the puzzle to say, okay, it's got to stay within this means. Okay? So anyway... My father-in-law always was challenged, and, their and his wife were challenged. They, they, they would sit there and do it, but they would love doing it and pass the time and have memories of it. I have memories. Uh, I could, could ask Lori and uh, Tim tonight if they can remember when you would sit on the back porch and we would be all talking and different ones would pick up the pieces of puzzles and see how many pieces of puzzles they could connect together. But you gotta have the border. And we've got to put on the armor of God and we must have a border around us. We must have a border around us now, that we must build a puzzle. And if you have not built a border around your home to protect you from every fiery dart of the enemy, we need to start building your puzzle. And you, you have to get all the pieces to make it to be together. Because when your husband or wife or your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law gets saved, you're putting another piece in that puzzle. And then when you're doing all these pieces of the puzzles and you're putting them there, you have to connect them together. And when you connect the pieces of the puzzle together, they're locked and they don't fall apart usually. So you connect the, the different pieces to the bottom or on the sides of the puzzle to start the beginning of the puzzle. Now I want to tell you something. I hate to would give you this puzzle to give it to you without the top. Because you need the top. Because you need the picture of what you're making so you can see where the yellows and the blues and the reds all are. If you don't have the picture of the puzzle, why are you even going to know how to make it? Is that not true? Well, let me tell you that God is saying, here I am. I am going, I, I'm going to be your border. I'm going to protect you. But you've got to read every one of these pages in the Bible to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And we'll be able to connect them into colors into all the different 
pastels or whatever. There could be all a lot of shades of green. Or there could be an animal. My kids, I have bears and all sorts of animal ones that I could have brought you and made very quickly. I can do it really easily. But he can't because it looks like it's a big project. But with help, with the Lord's help, and with brothers and sisters in the Lord helping each other, these men are praying together, and you are praying together. All of a sudden, you come over and you put another piece of the puzzle together. And if you have a person from church come over to your house, have them help you put another piece of your puzzle as they talk about marriage restoration. And the more you talk, the more you pray, the more what you do together, and the more people that keep coming and are part of your life, your puzzle is going to get put back together again, more and more. Now, is that an easy process? What's the answer? No, it's not. Because it would take a long time for them to put a thousand pieces together. But they weren't in a hurry because they were enjoying the walk they were doing in the process of what they were going to do because they knew it was going to be completed in, the, in the, their perfect timing when they put enough time into it, into finishing it. They may have taken a month break I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying. I've had it. I quit. Or they, and, and so you, um, you lost a month of putting that puzzle together, right? Or are you going to be the one that says, you know what? I'm going to read two chapters a day. Nope, I might read three or four chapters a day. And you put your puzzle more and more together. I'm saying your puzzle, your life looks like you're Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and he fell and there's a thousand pieces. But I, I don't know where I read it, but somebody, and I think it might be Bob that wrote about it, said he gave it to his grandson or a son and said, here, he tore something up. And I don't, can't give credit to the, whoever did, wrote this. He said, here, he tore all these pieces of paper together. He says, because um, he was bugging his uh, father or person. He says, here, put, the, put this all together and glue this all together. And so he did put it together rather quickly. And he goes, how did you put that together so fast? Because on the back side was a picture, Daddy. So I just glue it all together and put it back together again very quickly. That's the gist of that. I'm asking you, and the Lord is asking you, will you put your piece of, of would you put your puzzle together? And when you have family and friends and loved ones and your church sews in to you, will you put more pieces of the puzzle together? When you come home on Saturday or and Sunday morning, do you have a scripture or uh, something that has really touched you? And you think, oh, wow, I, I needed that. I needed that. In fact, I'll read something. I brought this from Sunday. Acts 20, verse 24 says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me 
to tell people the good news about God's grace. Now, I thought, that is for you guys. You have a mission. You have a plan. God has a purpose. He, has, he wants you to do it. But you have to be willing. And you have to, to be uh, disciplined. You have to be focused. You have to keep working on it day after day and not taking breaks, except for the Sabbath day. I'll give you that one, because the Lord says rest. But we need to say, I am choosing. I am choosing to build my house back together. And you know what? Building a house is not easy, and neither is building a puzzle. I thought about it when I was thinking about it last night. I could put a puzzle on my back porch, and anytime any comes over, I would just say to them, okay, go and find one piece, and let's see how long it takes to do it and be as, a, as a, you know, a challenge for our home, because I don't have Bob and me to do it together. So I want to say, the, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates it even in dividing soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He knows our heart. He knows our minds. But you don't know your husband or your wife or your children. And you may be judging them and condemning them when God is working on them so much more than you can ever imagine. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account. I pray to all of you that are very angry, very bitter, very wounded, and have not forgiven your spouse yet, that you will be the one that you will say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, because you know what? You know what I'm thinking. And you know what I'm doing. And I want you to change me, mold me, make me into the man and woman of God I need to be. Because you know what? Could be on your window any day, any time, on your house door. Could be your spouse that have walked and, walked and left that other house and have come home. And, and not, you're not expecting them. I made my bed that day when Bob came home. I was fortunate. That was one of my things I liked doing. And I was just thankful the house wasn't totally torn apart because he came home that night and, and spent the night. And I didn't, you know, I live married. Live married. Live married. You are married. Live married, act married, talk to people that you are married, and otherwise tell them you're standing for your husband or wife and speak and be a witness and, and a, a, an example. Ephesians 3 says, verse 16, this is another scripture I love, and I may have I've done it earlier in anything, but you need it. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that the Lord may strengthen us with power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. What are we talking about tonight? Fill my heart, Lord. Fill me up, Lord, that my heart is healed, that I'm healed, I'm standing strong, I am not defeated, I will not give up, even regardless of the circumstances. That dwell in your hearts, 
through faith, and I pray that you will be rooted and established in love. Will you take all these different trees or objects that you have in your back porch or that you can see out of your window or you can see wherever? Will you get your prayer time, your reading time of the Bible, rooted in the Word of God, rooted in the love of Jesus. He loves us. He cares about us. Verse 18 says that we may have power together with all the saints, with all of us at our churches, to grasp how wide, how hot, long, how high, and how deep. I didn't make it right. But to grasp how wide and long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. You can't measure it. It's, it's everywhere. God loves you. And he loves you and he loves your family members. <clears throat> he loves your mother-in-law enough to save her. He loves your brother-in-law. Anybody that you have strife with, pray that you become the prayer warrior for them to be their best friend. That you will be, have a good relationship with all your loved ones, with all your coworkers. You, you may work in a difficult situation at work. May I suggest to you that you would take and pray for those people that are difficult. Pray for the boss to have the wisdom and knowledge and discernment for all the people that he has to make decisions on or what they have to make decisions on business-wise. But may you pray for others that you may not even, may be upset with them, but we need to pray for them to have the love of Christ, to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we all may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Are you filled up tonight? with the Lord. Are you overflowing with God's amazing, abundant love? He is so faithful. He's so loving. He's so wanting you to have the joy of the Lord and not to panic, not to give up. He wants you to hang on with, with determination that you would know that regardless as I, one day on, on Valentine's Day, took, and I didn't know what to give Bob. He was away, and uh, I thought, well, you know, I know he's going to marry another woman. I know that fact, so what should I do? And the Lord just gave me a piece about ordering a, a small cup, a mug, a coffee mug, of flowers. It was the cheap and cheapest thing I could order, and I put praying for you, love you, and, and then I put the kid's name, and then I added my name. And, and so that it arrived, and you've heard, some of you, the new ones have not heard the story, but it arrived on a Friday afternoon when she was coming to spend the weekend. And he put it in the other kid's bedroom that he had for the kids, a second bedroom. And you know what? It arrived right before he, she came. So he put it there, and he goes, well, I can't throw it out. I know she only has no money, and I would be throwing my kids' gift away and all of that. She was not happy. She was not happy. 
and throw the car out or do this or that. And, and even Bob has written about it. And uh, I was obedient to the Lord and did what, you know, you've got to pray what you need to do. You have to pray because, you know, it, it could be good or it could be bad. But you know what? I know some of you are starting to be bold and starting to text your husband or wife thinking of you, love you, or on your anniversary or birthday, texting them, happy anniversary, happy birthday. You know what? What, what else could happen? You, you, you know what, what? You've got to ask God. Don't do anything without praying about it, but ask God. But I'm telling you, Bob said, the, the end of that story is those flowers never died until she had to come up a second time. And uh, I mean, God was watering those flowers with his eternal water that just kept on living. And you know what? That is to God be the glory. And then there was a special message inside that he read to me. He goes, I cannot believe this message was inside. I said, God is so good. Because I didn't know there was a message inside that was perfect for us. So what am I saying? God is an awesome God. Amen. He can do more than we can ever begin to imagine. Are you ready to, to trust him? Are you ready to grow in the Lord? And do not ever forget that you need, you've got to put a puzzle together. And the puzzle has got many pieces. You may have, have a 500 one, you may have 250, some of them may have 1,000. How, how high do they go? So I don't put puzzles <laughs> together recently. Do they go to 2,000? You may have one that's 2,000. And, and it's going to take a while. But it's going to be a beautiful picture. And you're going to glue it all together and stick it all together. And then you're going to spray all that stuff on it so you can keep it forever. And this is going to, you're going to tell your husband or wife, I was doing a puzzle working with the Lord to restore our marriage. And that is what we want. We want you to remember that you're not alone. And we want you to believe. And I'm going to close with 1 Corinthians 13. There is nothing greater that you could do every day or once a week or frequently is to go and pray 1 Corinthians 13 with you and your husband's name in it or wife's name in it. Because, but you need to start, I always say four to eight, but I want to start at one because we need to understand what it says. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I possess to the, if I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Now I ask you, will you examine your heart tonight and say, do I have all this? Am I this way? Love is patient. Love is kind. We do not envy. We will not boast. We will not be proud. 
We will not dishonor others. We're not self-seeking, and we will not get easily angered. Wow. How many times did I get so angry and upset when Bob called me? And then the Lord said, zip your lips. Keep no record of wrongs. Oh, that, I kept a record of wrongs for 20 years. I had the list and it reminded him, I'm a, you said you would do this, you said you would do that, you would not do this again. Keep no record of wrongs. Throw the list away of all that they're doing. Give it to the Lord every day and say, I choose to forgive my husband, my wife, every day. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. We are going to become like, a, uh, like the uh, triad the, um, in Korea, South Korea. We're going to be the athletics ones that how long did it take them to get to the Olympics? A long time. We're going to persevere. We're not giving up. And love never fails, verse 8. Jump to 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Are you rooted in the Lord? Be rooted. Are you happy? Do you have the joy of the Lord? Do you know he's faithful? He is faithful. We need to understand that he can do things that you cannot even begin to imagine. We must understand God is a God of miracles. We're going to pray with the closing prayer or scripture is that in 1 John 2, verses 15 and 17, that our spouses, our children, our loved ones will not love the world or anything in the world. And if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. This is I'm not loving the world. For everything in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God will live forever. We're praying that your spouse, your mother, your father, your aunt, uncle, cousins, brothers, sisters, will not fall into the living in the world. So let's pray. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing and all that you've spoken through me tonight. If I said anything wrong, erase it. If anything was helpful, then just magnify it more and more to them to be able to know that they need to get on fire for you. They need to believe in your mighty power and resurrection power. We need to, to believe, read your word daily. We need to get one nugget of gold, one scripture that God has given us in the years past or the months past when we started standing and stand on that scripture for the day and say, Lord, I know you gave this to me. I remember it. And now, Lord, bring it to pass. And Lord, I pray that you would touch all of us to realize that your love 
is so amazing. You is so abounding. It's so forever. You love us so much. You are so faithful. And I just ask that you would just take all of your love and wrap it and just pour it upon all of our standards around the world. And may you pour it on all the prodigals, all the hurting families. May you pour on your abounding, amazing, unfailing love on us tonight. And say, heal us, Lord, of our wounds. Heal us of our hurts. All the mistakes we've made, erase them and may they be gone forever. But Lord, I pray you would pour this amazing, abounding, uh, unmeasurable, unmeasurable love on us, on all the prodigals. And may they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And may they hear and open their ears and eyes and heart tonight to feel the presence of the Lord and know that you're right there with them and that they want to be obedient to your will, your way. Oh, Lord, help them to say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Lord, may they say no to the lust of the flesh. May they say no to the lust of the eyes. May they say no to the temptations of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that's not coming from our Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, rescue them. Rescue them from the darkness. Rescue them from the sin. Rescue them and bring them home to you and to their families that are waiting for us around the world. Lord, we're asking for a revival. Revive us. Revive our spouses. Revive our families. And we will give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory and honor because nothing is too hard for you to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.